Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. As we head into summer, something that I'm thinking about is how I'm going to mix up just having water all the time and not necessarily going for something super sweet or having a lot of sugar or maybe that cocktail that always tastes like something we want in summer, right? So something I'm excited to add in is the Vital Protein's lemon collagen peptides because you can add this into water. It dissolves super easily, but you can also make it like a fun frozen drink and it'll have that lemony flavor that kind of brings you up that summer vibe. And I think that we love Vital Protein so much because you get that collagen from a source that you can trust. It's grass-fed, pasture-raised, paleo-friendly. There's no artificial colors or sweeteners. It's gluten and dairy-free, and there's no added sugar. And we've had so many guests on our podcast who've talked about the importance of collagen, how it's one of the most prevalent proteins in our body, and it helps support healthy hair, skin, and nails, strong ligaments and tendons healthy joints and bones. It just is such a building block for a lot of the tissues in our body. So if you're interested in trying out Vital Proteins Collagen Peptides, specifically the lemon flavor coming into summer, go down and check out the link in our show notes. There is a discount code where you can get 15% off your order if you use code OPTIMAL15. Coming onto the podcast today is our guest, Dr. Stephen Cabral, who has more than 20 years in the natural health field, worldwide internships, dozens of certifications, and a doctoral degree in naturopathy. He is the host of his top-rated podcast, The Cabral Concept, where he's gotten over 30 million downloads. He has appeared in every type of media outlet as a national health and wellness consultant, as well as a contributor to MTV, Men's Health, Women's Daily, Maxim, Self, Diet.com, Nutrition Data, Condnast, and many others. He has also authored and co-authored four books, including his number one international best-selling book, The Rain Barrel Effect, and has published over 1,100 articles. Dr. Cabral is the founder and CEO of Equilife, a health and wellness company that offers at-home lab testing, coaching calls with an IHP certified health coach, and over 125 plus supplements and protocols. In addition, Dr. Cabral is the founder and CEO of the Integrative Health Practitioner Institute, where he has certified thousands of people all over the world as integrative health practitioners so that they can heal themselves and heal others. Really, Dr. Cabral is a wealth of knowledge, and we just cover a fraction of it in this podcast, but I'm so excited about the conversation that we have about inflammation, supplementation, nutrition, and overall health. So let's get to it. Dr. Cabral, thanks so much for coming on to chat with us today. Excited. I know you have a wealth of knowledge about everything in the holistic health space. So we're excited to to pick your brain a little bit here. It's so great to be here. And thanks so much for having me on. I mean, truly, you are a wealth of knowledge. If anyone just goes over and checks out your Instagram at Stephen Cabral, they're going to (laughs) see just how much information that you deliver on a daily basis, which is amazing. But I really want to understand, you know, this this conversation of inflammation gets talked about a lot and it can be a little noisy out there on the internet. So can you kind of break down a little bit? What is inflammation? When is it 
bad? And when is it something that's a little beneficial for our body? Yeah. Inflammation is one of those things that we need to live and survive as humans. But then again, if we have too much of it, it starts to age the body and break it down at a faster rate. Mm. So we want inflammation whenever there's an injury, and it could be an acute injury just from exercise. So if you're doing any type of resistance training, there's going to be some micro tears of the tissue itself. And that's okay because then it rebuilds and you get stronger, basically a hermetic stress from the body. But inflammation needs to be there in order to clean up the tissue damage as well as help with the repair process. It also needs to be there for bacterial infections, uh, viral-based infections, anything like that. So that's all normal. So we have minor levels uh, as we live as human beings. But then what happens is as we start to get older, our levels of inflammation start to become more chronically elevated. And as they're chronically Mm -hmm. elevated, that is when we start to deal with what's referred to then as inflammation. So inflammation Mm -hmm. is a, it's not a root cause and we could talk about that, but it is a um, predicator in over 90% of all disease. And so that basically Mm -hmm. means that, okay, every autoimmune issue, every digestive issue, every skin issue, migraines, et cetera, and then the Alzheimer's, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular issues are all linked to inflammation. So it's our job, especially as we get older, past the age of around 35 or so, in order to be able to balance healthy levels of inflammation in the body, enough to respond to typical stress, but not too much where we start to break down and age in entropy at a faster rate. Taking a quick pause from the interview to talk about Element, and I figured this would be a very fitting podcast to mention Element during because it is an electrolyte mixture that includes so many important micronutrients that we are losing throughout the day and we don't even realize it. It helps keep us hydrated on the cellular level. The sodium, potassium, and magnesium that Element has in it helps so many different cellular processes down to energy creation. It helps us feel less fatigue, less brain fog. It can help with our sleep, our bowel movements, smooth muscle contractions, lowering muscle cramps, so many different things that having optimal levels of these three electrolytes in our bodies can help with. So if you want to try out Element, it is one of Jen and my favorite ways to stay hydrated. We are always putting it in our water bottles to make sure that we are going back to the bottle consistently throughout the day. I have it right beside me right now, and it keeps me sipping because it tastes so delicious, and I know that it is beneficial for my body. Every single order that you make, you get a free sample pack that sends you a sample pack with all sorts of different flavors so you can try them out, find your favorite, or figure out which one you want to order next. Go down to the link in the show notes. It's Drink Element. That's L-M-N-T. DrinkElement.com backslash optimal. Get your order in and get your free sample pack. All right, let's get back to the interview. So what is it as we age that that causes us to have more chronically high levels of inflammation? Is there something in the body that are we just able to... Um, get rid of that at a lower rate or is there something else that's happening? And what can people as they age do um, to support that? So there's two parts to it. And the first is the analogy that I always use and have really based a lot of my findings on, and it's called the rain barrel effect. Mm. And it means that over time, over your lifetime, you're accumulating essentially injuries internally from the body. Every time you drink alcohol or you stay up too late, not get enough 
uh, rest, you're eating the improper foods, fried foods, hydrogenated oils, uh, burnt charred foods, like all of these things that don't seem like a big deal. And they're not, honestly, they're not for any one particular instance. But as they accumulate over the years, you're talking about a breaking down of the body, an overflowing essentially of this barrel. And when you have too many heavy metals, uh, you've got candida overgrowth in your gut or SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or parasites or H. pylori. And, um, and then you're also not a, getting the same level of micronutrients. We always know about macros, the proteins, the carbs, and the fat. And a lot of people do a pretty good job about that, especially in the health and wellness and fitness industry. But they overlook the fact that our body also runs on things like B vitamins, not just B12 or folate that we hear about, but actually something like B6, paradoxal 5-phosphate, which is needed for the nervous system, especially with all the exercise that we do. It's also needed to help balance things like oxalates in our body. And so is magnesium. That's another one that's needed, or vitamin D. So what happens is as we age, we become deficient in many of our nutrients. Our stores are just not as great. And also, we build up more toxicity. The hmm. combination of the two of those allow then inflammation to become more chronically elevated in the body because there's always something the body is working on to fight against, if that makes sense. Yeah. And what age would you say? Because you said as we age, you know, this kind of starts to take effect. Is it dependent on the person? Is it kind of like once we hit our 40s, we really need to start paying attention to this? Like at what age do we really start to need to pay attention, I guess? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, and my entire practice has always been built on what we call bioindividuality. And yeah. it looks at every person as their own unique, you know, N equals one, mm-hmm. except for the fact that everyone has a built-in foundation of what we need. So, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, there's no specific one diet for every individual. Well, that could be true because there's a lot of imbalances, but we know humans need specific foods in order to be able to live a long, healthy life. So we can get into that. But let me give you a specific example. When I was 17 years old, my entire immune system essentially broke, for lack of a better mm. fr- you know, phrase or word. I had rheumatoid arthritis, an autoimmune disease at 17. And this is going wow. back 25 plus years now. And I had type 2 diabetes. I had Addison's wow. disease, which is the inability to produce cortisol. I had POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. When I would stand up, I would literally feel like I was going to pass out. If I walked up a flight of stairs, my heart rate would accelerate to about 150 beats per minute, no exaggeration, and I would have to sit down. So I had a host of issues, mastocytosis, so basically mast cell activation syndrome, terrible allergies, insomnia, et cetera. At 17, my body broke. Now, most people don't start to get the autoimmune issues until they're later 30s or 40s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we also have children two, three years old with autism. And so their proverbial rain barrel overflowed earlier in age. Why? Well, they may have come into this world with an imbalanced gut microbiome, SIBO. They may have come in with uh, not the proper levels of bacteria, good bacteria in their gut they needed, and heavy metals. That's very well correlated now. Higher levels of glyphosate from the environment is correlated with autism now. So uh, there's no one thing. And so what I share with people is that it can happen at any age, but it's typically we, f- we find the breakdown somewhere in the mid-30s to early 40s. And it actually goes back to, and we can get as in-depth as you want on this, but there's a theory on aging called the disposable soma theory. 
And what it goes back to is essentially a triage theory um, that the body can only fix so much at one time and it prioritizes reproductive health in humans. So like strength and virility in your earlier years in order to be able to then carry on the next generation. And then after that, somewhere around mid-30s to early 40s, when you have essentially done what you need to do in this world, which is reproduce, then the body starts to fall off. Mm, that's mm-hmm. so interesting. No, that's super fascinating. And I mean, a couple of things you mentioned, I know uh, the rain barrel effect, I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, that that's a, also the name of a best-selling book that, that you have authored, correct? Yes, I'm the world's worst uh, marketer and promoter of my <laughs> items. But that, that is the, uh, that's the book that I wrote a few years back. And that's essentially my practice in a nutshell. What I try to do now is I open source all information. So I share with people the 10 ways that most people get sick, unwell, and unhealthy. And then the de-stress protocol, which is exactly what I do, diet, exercise, stress reduction, toxin removal, rest, emotional balance, science-backed supplements, and a success mindset. So it sounds like a lot, but honestly, it's an eight-part protocol that is better than a one-part protocol because a one-part protocol, you need to be 100% on. And even then, it may not work because it's only one thing like diet. And if you're 80% on all the others, well, then you're going to be 100% better. And so like that's always how I used in my practice. Mm-hmm. And, and we've gotten great results with that. That's so huge. And I like that you also, you, you touched on in that little <laughs> uh, blurb, on supplements. And there's a lot when it comes to joint health, especially with what we deal with in in the pain industry for physical therapy, where you're getting pushed a bunch of supplements that are going to be good for joint health. Can you kind of go over what supplements would actually be beneficial for joint health and which ones may not be? 100%. And and I'm sure that you you talk about this and touch on this, but uh, back in the day, in the mid to late 90s, I was a, a CSCS, so Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist. I had you know, multiple personal training certifications, and then NASM came about around the year 2000, 2001. I got National Academy of Sports Medicine certified, and we went through the whole postural alignment, and I did the great cook and all those great things. And what I realized was that no amount of nutritional supplements was going to compensate for improper biomechanics or alignment. Mm. So what we did with our clients is just say, yeah, you may have knee pain. There's no doubt about that. And you very well may have a wearing away of the anticular cartilage or there might be meniscus-based issues. But until we strengthen your hamstrings and glutes and we start <laughs> to like open up your hip flexors, there's no amount of nutritional supplements going to help you. So first, it's create, create an alignment right, with the body. And, and you're far more experts than I am on this. Uh, but that's what we did. And it worked really well. Same with runners. It's like, okay, you're quad dominant. Like everything you're doing is you need to strengthen the posterior chain. And we've found that like in like almost nine out of 10 cases, that would get rid of a lot of the patellofemoral knee pain and, and so much other things. But having said that, decades of wearing away anticular cartilage, well, just cartilage in general or meniscus, yeah, there, you can help with that. And what we use is a few things. So one, we use a product called Advanced Collagen Support. Another is just ingredient-based. We really like MSM and we like um, chondroitin sulfate and glucosamine. We typically use them uh, at a fairly, fairly good strength and we are doing them one part. So MSM is actually more of a cleanup 
uh, which is great for the joints. But the others are really, it's not magic. They're adding more water volume mm. to what mm. now has less as you age. And so if the tissue itself has more cellular volume, it enables there to be then more cushion. And now, if we start to get really into anti-aging, which is really the new field that I'm uh, moving into since a lot of the protocols I've created, again, are open source and I want people to use them for digestion and uh, cardiovascular allergies, like whatever it might be, you know, hormones, they're all there, is that stem cell-based therapy. And a lot of these uh, newer-based modalities are going to look like miracles without surgery. And again, happy to, to chat mm. on that as well. No, I think that, that that's fascinating. And, and this area of regenerative medicine, like you said, with stem cell therapies or PRP type treatments is fascinating what's coming out of that camp. I have one last, I think, inflammation-based question that I, I wanted to ask you. You mentioned kind of in your own story about cortisol and how your body just wasn't producing any cortisol. I feel like cortisol is kind of this thing that has been demonized as as a bad player in the inflammation space. But even even when I was scrolling through your Instagram, I saw a post that said cortisol is an anti-inflammatory hormone, which it, it kind of goes counter to, I feel like, a lot of the popularized media around cortisol, how it's just seen as this inflammatory hormone that is bad in the body. So can you talk a little bit more about the cortisol conversation? Yes, absolutely. And without cortisol, so Addison's disease, as I said, I had um, it was primary Addison's disease. So basically, the hypothalamus inside your brain communicates uh, with another gland that's basically right beside it called the pituitary gland. And then that signals to the adrenals, which are right above your kidneys and your lower back on each side, to produce something called cortisol, which is a glucocorticoid. So cortisol, though, is the main hormone needed. So you have, you have norepinephrine, uh, which is great, basically adrenaline, and that gets the body ready for the fight or flight. But cortisol is what really provides the fuel. And so it's a glucocorticoid, so it breaks down liver glycogen uh, from the liver, and it can source it from other places as well. So you can get it from your muscles, stores if you need to, if you're on a longer fast, whatever it might be. But what that does is that actually halts a lot of that fight or flight, and it really regulates blood sugar in general. It's kind of a different path that we're, we're talking about right now, but cortisol as well acts as an anti-inflammatory. So when I had Addison's disease not producing cortisol, basically you never wake up in the morning because cortisol is what starts to shut down the production of melatonin as well. Mm. So you're always groggy, you walk around like a zombie, and you have chronic flu-like symptoms. If you've ever had mm. the flu, um, which most people have at least some point in their life, your legs ache, your body aches, it's inflamed. What cortisol does, and that's why they give it as a drug, right? As pregnisone or some type of corticosteroid, it knocks down inflammation. And so that drug at a very high level is doing what the body can naturally do. Anybody who's heard about like Wim Hof and other things as well, it's, it's also why I'm not, you know, I'm not always the biggest proponent of these things that go far in one direction. Mm. Because although they do serve a purpose, we have to be careful overproducing or underproducing anything. And I just want to give one more caveat. So it's, it's always a healthy balance of cortisol. You're meant to produce it when you exercise. Like That is not a bad thing. And it can actually help then with the overall repair process. Too much, well, you start to get more tissue breakdown. You can end up with um, 
you won't end up with Cushing's disease unless there's a real issue, but you can end up with blood sugar dysregularity, which is not a good thing. And the last part I just to say is it's why we don't always want to be doing anti-inflammatory therapies directly after exercise. And that's mm-hmm. been shown with everything from a lot of antioxidants to cold plunge directly after to use of ibuprofen. You actually want the cortisol and you want the inflammation to help with that repair-based process. It's only when it's chronic that it becomes an issue. That's huge. And I think important to remember, like not adding these anti-inflammatory type processes right after we need that benefit of of inflammation and, and actually helping our body in that way. Is there a way that we can start to kind of get attuned with our own body? Is it testing? Is it you know, how do we start to understand where the balance is within my own body? Like, do I have enough or am I overproducing? Am I in a state that's, you know, kind of balanced or how do I start to learn that in my own body? Especially for people out there who might not have access or the means to do testing. Like, is there a way that someone can start to explore where their inflammation levels might be or just be a little more intuitive about it? Yeah, there's two parts to it. So one, if people can do and run at-home lab testing, which is it's the only way I got better. So basically from 17 years old to almost 20 years old, there were no doctors. And I went to the best doctors around Boston. I went to over two dozen different specialists and, and all sorts of doctors. They couldn't tell me uh, how to get well. That, that was an issue. And then I started to look into, and again, this is like 90, 1996 or so. So somewhere around there, 96, 98, um, I started to look into other modalities of testing. And I looked at overall hormone testing and balance. I looked at my gut health, right? If your gut health is off, you're always going to be inflamed Mm because you have 26 feet of digestive tract all the way from your mouth, down your esophagus, your stomach, about 20 feet of small intestine, about five or six feet of large intestine. And if your digestion is off because of parasites, H. pylori, uh, which affect about 25% of the US population or, or the world's population. Wow. Um, or you have SIBO or Candida. Every, even if you're eating good, healthy food, you're going to be inflamed. And so we run something called the Big Five Lab Tests. And it basically looks at everything it looks at digestion, inflammation levels through omega 3s and omega 6s, the most common way and easiest way to balance your inflammation is that way. Uh, and then we look at hormones, we look at food sensitivities, heavy metals, et cetera. Because if you have heavy metals, and most people do, because it's so ubiquitous in the environment with aluminum being in, uh, well, there's aluminum foil, it's in antiperspirates, it's in, uh, what else is it in the cooking pans and spatulas that you're using, it's in tap water. So it's, it's pretty much everywhere, right? And then you've got mercury and some of the larger fish. So what we do is we look for those things and then we tell people exactly what your toxicities are and also what your deficiencies are. So you can build those up in terms of vitamins, minerals, et cetera. So that's where the bioindividuality um, comes in. So that's what we do. Now, in general, what does inflammation look like? Well, it starts to look like aging. Like That's mm-hmm. the truth. You start to feel a little bit more groggy upon waking. You start to not be able to tolerate exercise as well. You're inflamed for days or you have those flu-like symptoms or you're tired the next day after exercise uh, to a greater degree. Not one hard workout, but you know, on, a, on an ongoing basis. You don't have the same ambition, the same drive, the same libido, now, as you had when you were younger. And that is just an overall filling up that rain barrel of, of inflammation. Now, again, inflammation is not the root cause. It's caused by 
cellular dysfunction due to some toxicity or deficiency. I mean, so important to continue to like really identify and look at all of these different causes within our body that can lead to inflammation and dysregulation and what we're feeling and being able to get testing is is huge. And I love that you guys offer that in order to look at all those different systems of the body and say, okay, where is this root cause really coming from? Rather than just saying that it's inflammation. <laughs> I think that's right. so important. Now, if we're going to look at getting some of those nutrients in our diet that are going to be so supportive for our overall body from joint to collagen health to just health in general from all the way down into our gut. Like I know you mentioned magnesium, you mentioned B6, like what other foods can we really start to be implementing into our diet and focusing on in order to help support our body? Yeah, for sure. And and so for anti-inflammatory nutritional supplements, we use something called daily omega-3 support. That should be just really important for people because there's a lot of products out there. Just look for a product that is a two to one ratio or more of EPA to DHA. Now, back when I was doing uh, personal training, fitness, nutrition, I always recommended a higher DHA-based product. And that's because we know DHA is a great anti-inflammatory, et cetera. But it turns out, after I ran about 1,000 plus lab tests just on omega-6 to omega-3 levels, EPA is far more potent than DHA. And that's because EPA can be converted to DHA much easier. So if there's a call for it in the body, the body asks for it. And that, that's always been a philosophy is like, no mega dosing, just give the body the raw materials it needs, and the body knows in its innate wisdom what to do with it. So there's another product called Inflamasoothe. And I only mention these because, again, you can look at the ingredients, you can see if what you're using may match up. Things like ginger, um, things like astragalus and bromelain, and like all these great things work phenomenally well. But they are, and you should use them, you can use them, but they're not going to overpower a diet. That is inflammatory. Mm-hmm. And inflammatory foods are things like eating proteins that are not grass-fed or pastured meats or wild fish, because you're going to be getting massive amounts of arachidonic acid and omega-6s, which are more inflammatory than omega-3s. Now, we need them. We need them at about a three-to-one ratio. But the average American's diet is an 18.1 to one ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s. Wow. And it's supposed to be a three-to-one. So you can see how inflamed the average person is just from their food. So you really want to look at the cornerstone of diets is for sure vegetables and some lower glycemic fruit. Now you can have higher glycemic fruit if you just worked out, things like that. That's typically not an issue, especially for more ectomorph body types. Their bodies burn through it far faster, et cetera. But we have to look at that first because those are the anti-inflammatory foods. And then- some of the outliers would be things like olive oil, avocado, uh, what else would be another good example? And then wild fish would be a great source of omega-3s. If you want to get all your omega-3s without supplementation, there are a few fish that will do that. Wild salmon, wild trout, mackerel, sardines, and anchovies. And you need about a six ounce or so serving four to five days a week to optimize your levels. Wow, four to five days a week. <laughs> when you said sardines, because I'm a big sardine fan. My, me, me and our dog enjoy sardines on occasion <laughs> together because Jen, Jen won't join us. So I, I gave her a look because she always makes a sour face whenever she hears the word sardines. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think that's great. And I, I like how you say, it, you can, I think there's a saying, something along the lines of, 
you can't out supplement a poor diet. <laughs> and you outlined it right there where the average American has an eight. 18.1 to 1 ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s when we're looking for more of a 3 to 1 ratio. So using supplements in that type of scenario is, is only going to take you so far and you're not going to really be able to rectify that underlying root cause of just eating a diet that isn't as supportive of the body as possible. Um, I know you you mentioned some other things like the ginger and, and bromelain, I think that that can be very supportive. Are there other micronutrients that even when somebody is eating a fairly round, complete diet and getting as much of their nutrients as they can from that diet, are there still micronutrients that are difficult to get? I know that there might be a few out there that people still recommend, hey, it's really tough to to get X from your diet alone. Yeah, without a doubt. And it's not even just that. Like When we look at, okay, what's the RDA, the, the recommended daily allowance of XYZ? It's not really for active people either. It's just enough to stave off disease. So yeah. when you see the percentage value is 100%, oh, good, I got 100% of vitamin C and it's like you know, 70 uh, milligrams. Yeah. Uh, great. Like, but that's not going to be enough for the immune system. It's not going to be enough for detoxification. It's just enough to prevent things like scurvy. And so that's, that shouldn't be our base. Like The absence of disease or diagnosed disease does not equal health. Right. There's a lot of people who run their blood work and their doctor says everything looks fine. Mm-hmm. And and again, one of my mentors at a very famous saying, my doctor says I'm fine, so why do I feel so bad? Um, and it's because it's not yet at a disease state. And that's where the rain barrel comes in, right? You're only halfway up. You're only three quarters of the way. You feel the symptoms, but yet not diagnosable. So for the most part, we reckon I'm not a mega dose nutritional supplement person at all. And I actually I would I would say it's the same as everything else in nature, right? Too little cortisol, you're not doing well. Too much cortisol, you're not doing well. And it's the same with like nutritional supplements. Too little, well, we know that you're not repairing the body as quickly. We, we know that for sure. We can actually show it on uh, the minerals and metals test, as well as the candida metabolic and vitamins test, your, your levels. And we can also show it with biological age testing. So that basically, we can look at people's age right now, chronological. Let's say you're 45 years old. Okay, but what's your biological age? Is it 55? It could be, right? Not just the number of birthdays you celebrated, but how quickly you're aging due to inflammation for the most part. Uh, or is it 35? Like you, you can be on different sides of the spectrum. So, what we do is um, what's called the daily foundational protocol. It's actually very simple, very, uh, very straightforward. I formulate for Equal Life. You can see exactly what I do, but you can also choose your favorite functional medicine company, which means functional medicine company is a company that does third-party testing. It's GMP certified, which means they test for heavy metals, they test for contaminants like mold, um, and they have everything you need. So we use the daily nutritional supports, all your vitamins, all your minerals, detox factors, antioxidants, et cetera, but not a mega dose because we expect you to be eating a good, healthy diet. This just Mm -hmm. fills in the gaps. A daily fruit and vegetable blend, which is 22 organic fruits, vegetables, superfoods. Daily omega-3, that's your omega-3 support, and then a daily probiotic. And if you do nothing else, you're just topping off your stores because what I, I for over 20 years, I ran people's nutritional profiles who were eating a good diet, and they always fell short in things like zinc, or they fell short in things like vitamin B6 that I was talking about. That's one of the number one B vitamins that we see that's low. And for most people, they're not getting enough vitamin C. They're active, they're moving, 
they're exercising, their body is coming into things that they need vitamin C for that detoxification. And so we just give them a little bit more, not 10 grams a day of vitamin C, but somewhere between a half a gram and one gram. And that for us has worked out really well. The last caveat is that almost every human being needs vitamin D. And so I would add that to it because even if you're in a warm, sunny climate or it's summertime, uh, I, when I, I mean, again, we still do the testing today, but three out of 100 people were within that 50 to 70 uh, ratio or number that would mean they were optimized for their vitamin D. And that's because hmm. most people, they don't get full body, like close to full body sun exposure four days a week. And mm-hmm. if they're outside in the sun, they're wearing sunscreen. So you're not, just because you're out in the sun does not mean that you're getting uh, a tan, right? Which would then lead to more vitamin D. So those are the crucial ones. And then there's always add-ons, right? There's add-ons like the Inflamasud that I talked about before that has the bromelain and the trypsin and the turmeric and the um, Indian frankincense, all those great things. But I, I urge people, even though there's amazing things like the CoQ10 and the joint health and all those, you want to actually always build your foundation around your nutrition, your diet first, and then a couple, just a couple good nutritional supplements, and then you can add on and stack after that. But if you're not taking care of your baseline B vitamins and C and other things, the other ones are just not going to work as well. You need a strong foundation. I think that's so incredibly important. I mean, that goes back to what you talked about too with joint supplements. Well, if you're not strengthening your body, if you're not moving your body, you know, that's never going to be enough then to just add in all these supplements. And I love that you said that. Getting back to that baseline, what it what am I doing on that foundational level before I start to add all these things on? And I think that's that's where people get lost, you know. We hear all these things, oh, I can add this supplement, I can add this and and we forget about, well, where's my foundation? What am I eating on a day-to-day basis? How am I sleeping? How am I moving? You know, And getting back to that balance <laughs> first before we start adding all these things on. So I love that you're highlighting that. And I know that we've received a vitamin D from you, actually. And what would make your, this kind of supplement different from where we might get vitamin D somewhere else? So the way that we like using this vitamin D is dosage-wise. So mm. it enables you to really fine-tune your dosage if you've run your vitamin D lab. So let's say, for example, the average adult, and even though they're recommended 400 to 800 IUs per day, that is just, again, to prevent rickets. Like That's to prevent like bone-based disease, but that's not optimal for your immune system or your metabolism or your glucose. If you look up vitamin D, it acts more like a hormone in the body or an enzyme in terms of how it allows things to do other things rather than just a vitamin alone. And, and so that, that in and of itself is very unique. So what we do is we have ours in a MCT, a coconut-based oil uh, solution, which allows for greater absorption. But since the typical dosage is about eight drops for 4,000 IUs, which we found, again, through clinical practice, that this is what gets people within the 50 to 70 range. Now, keep in mind, when you run your blood work, the optimal or the okay range, the healthy range is 30 to 100 in conventional medicine. Mm. That is not the functional medicine range. So 30, if you're a 31, your doctor will say that that's totally normal, but it's not. That's not optimal. It just means that, again, you're not so low that your immune system and bones and all those other things are going to suffer. So we look for 50 to 70. So let's say you're supplementing with 2,000 right now and you get sun a couple days a week. And your levels at 37. We say, okay, you know, it's it's fairly low. You're using 2,000. We're then going to bump you from four drops a day up to eight drops a day. 
And then uh, let's say six to eight weeks later, you can retest and you can say, oh, now I'm a 57. Perfect. That is the unique dosage for you that's going to work as long as all other things are equal. So what we like to do is always test variables and Mm -hmm. we can personalize everything, which I believe is the future of health, is personalized uh, natural health for, for everybody. And again, there's always a time and place for pharmaceutical drugs uh, and surgery and all those things in acute-based circumstances. Absolutely. But if we can do things the natural way and rebalance the body to give it exactly what it needs, that is when you feel the abundance in terms of overall health and vitality and energy and everything starts to work in sync so that when you're aging, you don't have to feel old. Like That's the whole thing now. That, that is really a choice now as we all have to get older chronologically, but we do not have to get older in terms of biological age. Mm. I mean, it only seems like it makes so much sense when you put it that way that we use a bio-individual approach in medicine and treat everybody like an individual. And <laughs> it, you know, it, it's kind of a shame that, that the larger system that, that we live in here in the States doesn't take that type of an approach as much. But I, I definitely think it's getting a lot more airtime. There, there are a lot more people that are getting fed up with the current way they feel like their health is being, being directed or treated. And so, like you've said and outlined many times in this interview, I think that's the way that's really going to help people optimize their health, feel like they have more vitality in life, and really promote longevity um, of their health span, not just their lifespan, of the time that they really feel healthy and functional in life. And I, I do really appreciate it. I think you and your team extended um, an offer to our listeners to um, get a, a free vial of the vitamin D drops as long as they just pay shipping. Um, so we'll have that linked up down below. So really appreciate you offering that. Yeah, happy to. It's, it's simply put, one of the easiest things that you can do to optimize your overall health and metabolism. And so... That's just a must for most individuals if they haven't yet tested their vitamin D. Uh, But we've just found, again, the vast majority, 97 out of 100 people need to be supplementing with somewhere around 2,000 to 4,000 IUs a day, which is uh, on the new, uh, because they just switched from IUs international units to micrograms. So it's about 50 to 100 micrograms per day. Yeah. Well, again, thanks so much. I feel like we just covered just a fraction of the knowledge that that you have, but really appreciate uh, everything that we were able to cover. Um, it makes me feel like we want to have you on again in the future. But I also know you put out information in so many different places from your podcast to your Instagram, uh, to your website. So where could people go and your book, <laughs> The Rain Barrel Effect, which you've mentioned a couple times, but where could people go to continue to learn more from you and about you? My main website is stephencabral.com and it's just Stephen with a PH. And then from there, you'll find the podcast, which is the Cabral Concept or uh, the Rain Barrel Effect book. And again, what I do is I put out a podcast every day. Um, I try to be active on social media because I've been doing this now for uh, over 20 years, but about 25 years or so. And we've seen now over a quarter of a million people. And so just like you in your field, what I try to do now is say, we have so much data. We need to share yeah. this with as many people as possible. And so we also have now trained over 5,000 other health practitioners 
So then they can then work with, let's say, a thousand or so people a year. And that's how we start to make, I think, a bigger dent in being able to bring true health and healing, I think, to the, to the world, to more and more people. Definitely. That, that's the way is continuing to spread the knowledge to others so that they can continue to share that message as well. Thank you so much for taking your time today and sitting down with us to chat about all of this and, and drop this knowledge for people. I really appreciate what you're doing. appreciate the, the time, the effort, and the energy that you're putting out on a daily basis to really help and inform people and being here with us to do that. So thank you. I appreciate you. And uh, thanks again so much for having me on. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to go to the show notes so that you can find the link for the vitamin D and start getting that into your body now. But also in the show notes, you're going to find that link to roll into hit. And you don't want to miss out on this with Jill and I really taking care of your body pre-workout, post-workout, and then all the different levels and what you can do within your body during the workout that is really going to be so beneficial. Plus, we have so many add-ons that we have within the program as well. So you're not just learning about movement, but you're actually learning the basis of movement, why it's going to help you and how this particular plan is really going to play a role in your health. So please check both those links, get it, and then pass this episode on to anyone you know can benefit from it.